Oh my goodness, you crazy son of a bitch. Do you have any idea what you've just done? You've just discovered the Marks and Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is the show that may or may not be an hour long based on your perception of time and how much I've got to say. So strap yourselves in and prepare your ears for the journey of a lifetime with your host of the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour, me, you idiot. Welcome everybody to the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is episode number 230, and my guest on this episode is M.A. Arana. Now, M.A. is a writer, she's a poet and an editor from the Los Angeles area, and she's published several poems and short stories in various publications, but just a few weeks ago, she published her debut novel. It's called Wing Clipped. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Amy. Amy, how are you doing? I'm great. How about you? I am doing fantastic. It's wonderful to talk to you, by the way. Thank you. I haven't been a long time, right? I know. It, it's been a while. We go way back. Now, uh, I, I, you probably don't know this, but it's actually been nearly a year since I've interviewed anybody on this podcast. Um, I've done episodes. Wow. Uh, I've done episodes of the podcast mostly by myself uh, a few weeks or months ago i i interviewed uh chat gpt which was fun but there that's a computer so that doesn't really count um <laughs> I, I mean it counts in my heart don't tell chat gpt i said that um but but the, the main reason for, for that, in the background <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually yeah they're right now i have to make extra special care that i don't uh, insult chat gpt because who knows what they'll do uh you know when ai takes over the world and uh enslaves humans and whatnot but that's a, a different That's conversation right. for a different podcast. With all the UFOs happening, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, now, as far as uh, me not interviewing for in, in interviewing anybody for a little while, um, it's mainly because I've been, you know, investing uh, all of my time and energy into into my new novel, which which you know you and I have talked about over the years. Uh, it's currently in its fifth draft. I couldn't be more excited about it, but. Uh, Despite the sort of hiatus that I've done in terms of interviewing authors, uh, I was actually more than excited, more than more than happy to make an exception for you to talk about your debut novel, largely because, like we reference at the top here, uh, we go back a while. If I'm not mistaken, it's been 10 or 11 years. Does that sound right to you? I think so. Yeah, it's been a while. It has been a while. And so when we first met, it was at uh, Mount San Antonio College or uh, for folks who, you know, go there, it's the, you know, Mount Sac is what they refer to it as. And when we met uh, 10 or 11 years ago, you were an aspiring author and you were in attendance at a creative writing workshop. I was teaching for a, a creative writers weekend. They would do they did an annual writers weekend at Mount Sac. And for a couple of years there, when I was in Southern California, they would invite me over to uh, to teach some uh, creative uh, writing workshops. So I'm curious, again, it's been a while. Uh, how much do you actually remember about that workshop and that Creative Writers Weekend in general? What I remember is that you ha took the time to answer questions uh, about writing and how to go about getting published. And that got me curious and interested and doing it myself mm -hmm. yeah yeah you also so, had a really nice personality 
People seem to be taken with you. I said I could approach this guy. <laughs> I, I I appreciate that. That's always that, that that's that's always the the hope for me. I sort of uh every day that I that I engage with the the real world, my my goal is to be uh kind and approachable. So it's actually nice to to hear you say that. And uh, the other thing, though, as you mentioned that. Uh, really, anytime, anytime I give a, a talk or have taught a workshop over the years, um, it, it's always my pleasure to invite inspiring authors like yourself, at the time aspiring, uh, you know, to, to reach out if, if you had questions about writing, about publishing, um, uh, partly, you know, whether, whether it's just uh, advice on, you know, how, how, to, how to write a novel or how to develop a character or how to, you know, break down a, a chapter or on the publishing end, you know, just had to, you know, it was always a goal of mine to help to, to demystify the, the publishing process to make it, you know, seem less scary and hopefully more accessible. And, uh, and, and, and you probably more than any other writer uh, over the years are, are the one that that's, that's taken me up on that, which, um, which I was, which, you know, I've always enjoyed. I've always enjoyed our, our, our conversations and our and our correspondence, um, particularly as we talk about writing. And and, and I'm really, glad I was a challenge. <laughs> say that again. I'm glad I was a challenge. <laughs> no, no, you were never a challenge. And, and you know, I could tell from the very beginning um, when you know. Uh, and again, you know, as you said, I think at the end of that workshop. Uh, you came up to say hello and introduce yourself, and that's kind of where we began our conversation for that would last, you know, the next ten or eleven years, and and on and on. Yeah, you know, we're not stopping anytime soon. Um, but I could tell pretty early on that uh, that that you definitely had a, a drive and an ambition, and and over the years, um, that proved to be true because you know you were always working on something, you were always writing a short story, you were always writing poems. Um, and then you know you started you know you started working on uh, I, I, honestly I think you've probably written a couple of novels but but this particular novel Wing Clip this has sort of been your your passion project for for the last several years um, and so uh, 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 tell me uh, well actually you know before I even ask a question I, I do want to say this because I, I don't even know if I've had a chance to tell you this but uh, I am so terribly proud of you for 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 publishing this novel I I, I almost feel like. You know, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't write the novel. I have nothing to do with it. But just, I feel just the, the the connection I've had to your journey to write it has been very exciting, and I'm so terribly proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's not. It's my pleasure. So, uh, uh, tell me a little bit about um, this novel, Wing Clipped. Uh, you know, I, you know, the, uh, a little bit about what it's about, um, but also the uh, the inspiration that led you to write about it. Inspirations. Uh... It's just a quaint little story. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's no, an epic I, it fantasy. Actually, at the time, there was a couple of things going on in my life. And uh, two of the things that I remember was I was watching a documentary on owls. Okay. And I was very impressed on their wings. And at the time, there was a writing prompt. And it, the writing prompt was just, oh, you wake up and you see a light in the barn and you go investigate. That was it, that was the prompt. <laughs> and I said, okay, let me write something. And it turned out just to me just keep going and I couldn't stop and ended up being wing clipped. And, and wing clipped, the, the, the plan is, this is the beginning of a, of a series, right? Do you know how many books you would like to write or is this just something that 
as long um, as you have ideas. Three, I have three in mind. Okay. I'm, I'm almost done with the second one. Oh, that's exciting. Uh, have I, uh, I don't, I don't know if we've talked about the second one. How far into it are you? Almost towards the end. <laughs> that's exciting. So I'm hoping maybe by this time book two will be out. Oh, that's terribly exciting. And, um, so, so, so one thing I'm always curious to talk to, uh, to authors about, um, uh, particularly authors who've, who've written novels is, is I love to hear about another author's process because there's, uh, cause there's no, there's no one right way to, to write a novel. And, you know, you, you can talk to a hundred different authors and you'll probably get a hundred different answers. Uh, two of the more, um, probably the two most, um, general categories that, that you can kind of sort of fit an author into are the authors that like to uh, plot and outline their stories. That's definitely the, the camp that I fall into. And then there's uh, other authors who, who, you know, write by the seat of their pants or we call them pantsers. Right. And they, they, right. they basically start from that first sentence and they discover the story one sentence at, at a time. So I know as an example, this is how Stephen King likes to write his novels. So, so tell me about your, your process, particularly for writing wing clips, um, but then also just, you know, your processes as it's uh, developed over the years. Well, I, over the years, I've noticed that I can't write a novel if I'm outlining it. <laughs> I can't, for, for the life of me, I cannot sit down and outline chapter one, chapter two, this is my character. This is the other character. For the life of me, I've tried it and I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that maybe when I write a query or a synopsis or something else. Yeah. But for writing fiction, I just have to sit down and write. I do maybe include at the end of my writing session, if it's an hour or two or just 10 minutes, mm -hmm. I write down what I want to do next. Just a little note on the side. Yeah. Okay. And, and say, oh, okay, make sure I find a name for somebody or I make sure I, I, I research something better. So I always make myself a little note for the next session. But I just, just keep writing. When the inspiration is there, it, mm -hmm. it won't stop. No, that's interesting. And that's smart to kind of give yourself a, a note at the end of a – at the, at the end of a given chapter, especially, you know, if you're writing without uh, an outline. Uh, now, now to, to, to hear that you are someone who doesn't like to outline, and, and in fact, it's sort of... Wait, at least uh, I don't like to outline. Well, okay. I can outline you, you, for you, other things. But when it comes to fiction, I okay. just have to just do it. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so outlines in general... You're good. You know, if you're if you're going shopping, you're going to make a grocery list. That's fair. But when it comes to fiction, you can't do it. And and that and that's <laughs> honestly it's it's impressive because you know because your stories and you know Wing Clipped in particular, the, you know it's uh, well Wing Clipped is like this. It's this very um, sprawling epic fantasy. It's this big story uh, that takes place in you know I, I, in in a way a couple different universes earth and then you know your, your fictional universe that you created and you have so many characters and there's so many you know uh, important and intricate plot lines that you're balancing so for somebody like me who who you know who i like to plot out and outline my novels i can kind of make sense of like okay i've got all these characters and these different you know worlds that i'm you know putting together and in these different plots and so okay let me let me organize this 
but to kind of learn that you're organizing all of this information without an outline, uh, it's it's wild to me. So how it, how do you actually, I don't know, how do you manage all that information in your head, I guess, <laughs> without without kind of working it out ahead of time? Well, I wish I could answer that question specifically <laughs> what I do. But as a former teacher, I have to keep a lot of things in my head about every single student. Mm -hmm. So it was, I kind of, took that skill and applied it to the characters that I was creating and the places mm -hmm. and the things that I was doing. I, I had to know what everyone's quirk was, what everybody's little uh, physicality is. Mm -hmm. Try to remember it because they're going to keep coming up in the story. Absolutely. But story-wise, I've, I've, I don't know, I guess I, I've practiced so much internalizing the idea that things have to have a beginning mm -hmm. and make sure that that this problem that has been created little by little pieces come together to try to solve it. Wing Clip is part of a series, but at the end of the book, it could be a standalone book. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine in Michigan was saying that this this could be a standalone book, but there are little phrases in the end that and throughout the book that tell you that something else is coming and it will. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's good, by the way, because with the with, with any. With, with any book series, really with, with any series, whether it's a, whether we're talking about books or television or, or movies, um, with any series, you, you definitely want to have your books, uh, you, you want them to be able to stand on their own. Uh, but, but, you know, it's also, you know, also with the promise that, you know, there's, there's more to this story, you know, that there's not all of our loose ends have been, have been, uh, tied up and also par uh, par partly because you know um you you, you never know uh, you never know when your readers are going to discover you you know ideally say with wing clipped ideally you know your future readers are going to find wing clipped book one and they're going to start from there they're going to read that book and they're going to love it as much as they're supposed to love it and then they're going to move on to book two and book three and they're going to go from there but the uh, but the reality is you you don't know you have no control over how they discover you and and, and part of why I'm thinking about this is you know a, a million years ago I was probably I, I don't know maybe a teenager or something and I was on a, um, a, a <laughs> yeah right uh, I think I was a teenager about a million years ago and I was uh, on a road trip with uh, with my parents we're going to to Las Vegas which ironically that's where I live now but that's neither here nor there and so uh, on the road trip we stopped at. Uh, at some store, I think, just to get some, get, you know, get some drinks and whatnot. And so I, I wandered over to the book section, and um, and I picked up uh, a book. I, I, I believe it was called Lestat the Vampire. Lestat the Vampire. It was an Anne Rice book. And um, and at the time, believe it or not, I didn't know who Anne Rice was, even though she's this you know epic legendary uh, you know author um i didn't know who she was and i'd never heard of her her most famous book interview with a vampire and so this book lestat the vampire this was part of that series it was, it was part of the interview with a vampire 
series. It might have been, I don't know, maybe the third book in the series, but I had no idea. So I, I picked up the book and, you know, I read like the first, you know, page or two and there was this really, really wonderful prologue and it pulled me right in. And so then I, you know, I, I didn't have any money because I was a teenager, but I went and, you know, asked my mom if we can, you know, grab it, if I can get this book along with, you know, whatever water or Gatorade we were getting. So she got the book for me. And, um, and so, so yeah, I'm reading the book and I'm enjoying it, but the, I think at some point, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it works as a standalone book, but it definitely feels like it's part of something bigger. And then, you know, somewhere along reading it, I, I take a closer look at the cover and I see this is like, you know, whatever it was, you know, book, book three of this series. And, um, and actually I, I think I stopped reading it partly because I, you know, I, the, the way my brain works is like I can't just jump into any series in the middle if I can help it. So, so I didn't want to finish it before I, I went back to the beginning. But that's sort of a long-winded way of me talking about you know your series, and 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 the idea that you know at some point uh, readers are going to discover your book and they might pick up Wing Clipped book one from the beginning, but they might pick up book two or you know like me they might pick up book three and read it and have no idea really. That is part of a series, maybe until they finish it or whatever. So, so, so that said, it, it's always a, a fantastic idea to let your books stand uh, as best as possible as their own, you know, individual stories, you know, while also being part of a, a larger series. Um, you know, having said all that, is that something that you give a lot of thought to as you're sort of planning out this series? Well, when I first started writing Wing Clip, it was not in my head that this was going to be a series. Mm-hmm. It was just getting to the point where I'm creating this problem and there are so many characters that I can play with and I can take to the next level mm -hmm. and still connect whatever's happening in book one. So by the time I got towards the end, I was thinking, I can do this with this book, this story, I can keep going. Mm -hmm. I love the characters and and my like my friend says, it shows that I took time to flesh them out and I took time to make sure that each chapter ends with a cliffhanger. That mm -hmm. So I find that when you're writing the book, it will let you know if it's <laughs> going to be part of a series. I mean, you know me, I've written other books which I hope to publish one day mm -hmm. after this. And they're standalone books, but there are some that I do have a, a series as well. But you don't know until you actually start writing it. Mm -hmm. And you, yeah, you read, yeah, it's just a process part of the process that you get to figure it out as you go it's very true and, and you know and people who you know it, you know anybody who's who's listening who's maybe not necessarily a writer themselves or maybe they're just interested in it that might sound like a like a peculiar idea that 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 essentially the book itself will kind of let you know if this is a standalone book and or, or if this is part of a, a larger series but it's very true because because so much about you know writing a, a book, uh, a lot of it really is, you, you know, you discovering things kind of in the moment on the page, you know, discovering ideas that maybe you didn't realize were in your head until you put the words on the page. And then all of a sudden those ideas, you know, spark other ideas and they kind of take you in, in certain directions. Cause, cause even with the way that I write, even though I, I do, 
you know, plot out my books and I, and I like to outline and I, I like to know, you know, where, where it begins and where it ends and what the roller coaster looks like along the way. Um, there's still for me, you know, a, a lot of room for discovery and invention and improvisation. And, and even if I go into a chapter knowing, you know, what the purpose of this chapter is. And really for me, that's a big part of what the outline is. It's just sort of, you know, um, kind of guiding the story arc, guiding the character arc. Um, and then just sort of with every chapter, just having, having a purpose for, for every chapter. So, you know, just, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, in chapter three, I need the main character to meet his future love interest. Uh, and then I also need him to, you know, discover, you know, his, his superpower, you know, just whatever, just, I have to have these bullet points. So then I go into a chapter and I start writing and I, I'm sort of, you know, writing in the direction of satisfying these points, but then I'm also open to, to, to discovery, essentially. I, I'm open to, to, you know, finding new wrinkles in the story that I hadn't thought of yet or that I hadn't planned out. And sometimes, and, and, you know, you could probably relate to this. Sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of make something up off the, off the top of my head. Let's say my main character, uh, you know, he needs to go to the store to buy a loaf of bread because this loaf of bread is going to be really, really important two chapters later. So that's the only thing I know for this chapter. So now I'm writing it. But of course, as I'm writing it, okay, well, he's got to buy the bread somewhere. So he, he goes to the supermarket. All right. When he's at the supermarket, he's got to check out. So he goes to the checkout stand. Okay. So now that he's paying for this, he's got to talk to somebody. So there's, you know, there's the clerk at the checkout stand. This wasn't a character I planned on, but okay, well, he needs to sort of engage with somebody to buy this bread. And now maybe just in, in the process of doing this, um, this character ends up having a conversation with this person at the checkout stand and this character that I hadn't previously envisioned, maybe they say something that catches me off guard or they say something funny or they say something interesting. And but I realized like, mentioned that part about that. The, if you do create a, a character that you'd never thought of and it's in the scene to make sure that it, it, there's a point to them, they're not just there taking up space or else the, the actual scene would be a little mundane, right? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, yeah. And and yeah, and, and so yeah, that, that that's part of the reason I like to plot things out because like I don't you know I don't want to have any wasted energy, no no wasted words or pages. Um, and so you know, uh, and and so part of what I do, especially in a first draft, I'll just you know, I'll just kind of like write everything, every every idea. So you know, maybe there's a you know, maybe they have a, a conversation and maybe it's like two or three lines and then just, just enough to sort of, you know, establish, you know, to kind of make it feel like a, a real person and then they get out of there. Um, but occasionally, like, they, you know, that character that I wasn't planning on, they'll say something, they'll, they'll do something, or they'll be, I'll feel like a spark between these two characters and I'll, and I'll recognize like, oh, I, I could do something with this. And it's not, and it's not necessarily, you know, that, uh, you know, this character is so interesting. They have to be in the book. Although it could be like that, but sometimes it could just be story-wise. Like I recognize, you know, I, I can, the story, you know, it'll just like unfold like dominoes really quickly. And I can kind of see a place they have in the book. And all of a sudden I'm going to, I integrate this character into the book and then, you know, then I'll go back to my outline and start plotting out. Okay. Here's the purpose they play in this story. Here's all the, the, the different chapters where they're going to appear. And, and it kind of, uh, it kind of goes like that. Um, it, it, as I started that, uh, that, that, 
that long thought. I, I swear I had a question at the beginning of it, but I totally <laughs> forgot. So I apologize for that. Um, but but I guess I can ask this. You know, t- tell me about th- that experience, because you do have so many uh, interesting characters in, in, in your story. And it really is a sort of, you know, sprawling epic and fantasy this very impressive you know scope so uh as you get into it you know uh how how often do you find yourself sort of discovering characters along the way versus characters that you kind of had in mind at the beginning well in terms of Winklet, i of course i had maven the avid prince mm-hmm. already in my head and of course his wife Tori and their children. After that, I I started thinking about well, he has a different life that he lived, where he comes from. Mm-hmm. What happened there? And that's where the things get complicated because he he did have another child with another Avon. Mm-hmm. And that's where it begins this complication in their life now, in Tori's life, he's got another child somewhere else. He's something else. He's not just my husband anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this this is something that Tori has to grapple with throughout the book, you know, that he, her husband is not completely human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Avens, as you mentioned, that's a uh... Uh, it, it's another species. Are, are they are they a race of humans, or are they are just a totally different species? Like, how do you sort of imagine them in the book? I sort of imagined that that they were kind of like a different race with their own culture, and they have um, certain qualities about them that make them different from humans. So mm-hmm. it's it with that, and of course they have their wings. But they don't have their wings all the time. They're able to hide them, camouflage mm-hmm. them, use their magic. So okay. that way they can be among humans and nobody would know that the person sitting next to you was an Avon. <laughs> now, I, now, I love that. And I wonder, because as you talk about that, uh, I love this idea that they have these wings and they, that, that these wings are the, you know, make them special, especially if they're, you know, on Earth amongst other humans. But in order to to fit in, they have to hide this thing that makes them special. And so that strikes me uh, as potentially as a really poignant metaphor just for the human experience yes. and how often we sort of, you know, uh, have to have to hide uh, uh, something about us. So is that something that you had in mind when you were writing that or or am I just sort of? You know what? It's just uh, it's something that I started uh, developing as I started writing about that, because my book truly is about acceptance. Acceptance mm-hmm. of of your duties, of of your fate, of who you are. Mm-hmm. So as you read the book, you will see, you know, Tori grappling with this issue, but what she needs to do is accept. And Maven has his struggles with, he has to return to a kingdom that didn't want him. Mm -hmm. And he needs to accept his duties. Yeah. And and the premise of the story, by the way, uh, in the, um, I really love, because it's, it's a, it, you know, it's, it's, it's very engaging. So essentially you've got, you've got Prince Maven, uh, and you know, he, he, you know, he, he ruled over this kingdom 
and then he was, you know, he was exiled. And so he, he ends up on earth and on earth, he meets a, a human, they fall in love, they get married, they have children. He has this whole life uh, that he's living as a human on earth. But then he finds out, you know, in this world that he came from, that essentially they're, they're going to war and he's the only one that can help, but they've already exiled him. So he has to decide to, does he leave behind, not for good necessarily, but does, does he leave behind his wife and his children on earth to go save this world that's already exiled him? Um, but in spite of that, does he go and do the right thing and try, and try to save them? And so, so that premise also, um, it, it, it's a very engaging premise, fiction-wise, story-wise, uh, but it, it also feels like it's got a very, you know, human element in terms of just a, 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 a you know, metaphorically speaking, just like the, the human experience, whatever it happens to be, you know, your, you know, it could be somebody's, you know, uh, just as an example, just, you know, somebody's biological family has, you know, disregarded them for whatever reason. So they're out there and they're living their life and maybe they're putting together their chosen family. But then, you know, maybe there's there's a crisis in their family. And even though they're not really part of that family anymore, they might feel a connection that they still want to go there and and, and do something and, and help them out. So so again, right. as, I, as I think about your story and the premise and these characters, those are some of the metaphors that come in mind to me. So when you were writing that, was that something that you had in mind? Or again, is this me just kind of projecting my own kind of imagination onto your story? I kind of like the way you mentioned it. But <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, like I said, at the time, I didn't really think about any of that until mm -hmm. I started writing it and putting the thoughts on the page. Yeah. And and started writing more of the of the chapters and how he is greeted by the time he gets to Ava, which was not very nice. Mm -hmm. If you get the book, you'll find out. And then what happens when he actually goes and speaks to his mother? And mm -hmm. he's got this other issue where I love writing the character of the queen and her son because that's his mother, but at the same time, he's his queen. And since he's been human for so long, he comes in and he, he forgets his himself sometimes. And he forgets his position and her position. And, and there's some tension sometimes. Sometimes she has to snap him out of it <laughs> physically. <laughs> but yeah, so... I, I really enjoyed writing some of these characters and I hope that uh, whoever picks up my book gets to enjoy this journey as well. Oh, I'm certain they will. I'm certain they will. And also too, you know, cause, cause you kind of mentioned that, you know, you were just writing the story and you weren't necessarily, you weren't necessarily, you know, maybe thinking about these larger themes and larger metaphors and that's, and that's a good, I, I would, I would kind of throw that out, throw that out as advice to any aspiring author who's listening to this that you know it, it, it's not necessary to, to to know you know what are my big themes what's what's the big metaphor what am i trying to say about the world yeah it's cool i guess if you know that going into it but it's absolutely not necessary and i would say similar to your experience you know when, when i sit down to, to write a book i'm not really thinking about you know what's what's the theme what are the metaphors how am i you know how am i going to connect this to the, the the larger you know real world I'm just trying to tell a good story as, as best as I can. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, create interesting characters and I'm trying right. to put them into an interesting story. But what, what does happen, and because I, I have written, you know, at this point, uh, this is my fifth novel that I'm working on. 
and then I've you know, got my short story collection. So I've, I've, I've got a, a good amount of experience. And so one of the consistent things that I've learned over the years is that I can start, you know, I can start a story just from the place of like, just be as interesting as I can, as I can just tell a great story with great characters and just make it engaging and don't worry about anything else. And even if I make a conscious choice, don't worry about anything else. All that other stuff finds its way into the story subconsciously or otherwise, just, you know, whatever it could be personal issues. It could be social issues, things that are maybe just in my head, in the back of my head that I'm not necessarily thinking about when I write the story, but they just kind of sneak their way in there. And then, you know, at, at some point, maybe two, three, four drafts down the line, I kind of recognize like, oh, this is clearly what I've been writing about this whole time. I, I, did, I didn't see this theme in the beginning. And then for right. me, what I like to do is if I discover a theme that I wasn't planning on, but it's there and I recognize that it's playing itself out, then I just, then I, you know, usually I'll just kind of capitalize and I'll sort of, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, kind of put a focus on it as far as as, as far as the, the story goes but that said you know you writing a book and just just trying to tell a story that's that really i think that's that's kind of that's kind of the best way to to, to go about it uh so so last weekend um you you had your first official author event uh and that was at um uh sorry it was the hacienda heights library pardon me so um so, so now that you've done your first official author event, tell me how that went for you. How'd you enjoy that? I enjoyed it because there were a lot of uh, time for question and answer and a lot of the things yeah. that we're talking about came up and people want to know the process of an author. And yeah. Uh, some people who know me were uh, surprised because, you know, <laughs> they know me as the teacher <laughs> and they come and they to a book launch with me to support and they're like, we're so impressed. We never knew you had this in you. <laughs> and I tell them, well, I didn't know that either, but here it is. <laughs> uh, so, you, so you got to be on the other side of it. So, you know, 10 years ago uh, when we met, you know, I was, I was on the author side, you were in the audience and you, act, you got to flip it around. So uh, did it feel like a natural flip to be on the author side or did it, did you, did it take a minute to get used to? It, it was exciting, but yeah, it does get, uh, it takes a while to actually get used to it because, you know, I have, after the event is over, it's like, okay, close the book. I have to return to my personal duties at home and <laughs> I'm not the author anymore. Okay. <laughs> so, but when you're out there promoting and everything, you, you kind of put that hat on. Yeah. And you try to give it all and, and do a lot of reading and hope people enjoy it and ask a lot of questions. So yeah. there are other events I get to do this few months that are coming up. So hopefully. Yeah, you've got a bit of a, yeah, you've got, uh, you've put together a nice little uh, author tour, a book tour, which is, uh, uh, especially for your debut novel, that's very exciting. You're, you're, you know, over the next, really kind of throughout the summer, you've got uh uh, several stops, including at the uh, Romans Bookstore on on July sixteenth. That's a bookstore in Pasadena, Pasadena kind of a yeah. famous historic bookstore. So that's a uh, super exciting. Um, yeah. uh, we're you know we're running short on time, so I'm gonna we'll, we'll start wrapping things up. Um, but uh, before we wrap up for good, uh, where, where can folks find you if they want to connect with you? Well, on um, my website on www. Books by maarana.com. 
you can go to the contact page there and contact me. And I've already had a few people contact me through there. So awesome. I do reply. <laughs> <laughs> I exist. That's fantastic. And, and I have a new video up on the website with all the characters. I think, Martin, you already saw that, right? Yeah, yeah, you showed it to me. It looks fantastic. Yeah, you guys go check it out. It, it's fantastic. Uh, well, listen, M.A., it's been fantastic talking to you. It's been great catching up with you. And absolutely, we'll do this again, especially when, when the next book is ready. All right. Thank you so much for having me. That was my pleasure. There you have it, everybody. That was M.A. Arana, author of Wing Clipped. That is book one of the Wing series, and that's available for uh, on, on ebook and paperback on Amazon.com. So go get yourself a copy. As I wrap up here, I just want just a few thoughts. It was great catching up with my old pal Emma Arana, and as I told her during our chat, I am so incredibly proud of her. Writing and publishing a book—it's a huge achievement for for any author at any stage of their career, but particularly your your first book. It's very exciting. So good for you, Emma. And for, for anybody listening, if I have any aspiring authors listening to my voice right now, if uh, if you are interested in a bit of mentorship in the way that M.A. Arana was, and then you know, she took me up on it, for you guys listening, don't hesitate. Send me an email at martin.lestraps at gmail.com. I'm always available, and I'd be happy to help you out for whatever questions you have about writing or publishing or life in general, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not the last part, but the first two, writing and publishing, I can help with that. Now, before we wrap up for good, let me leave you with some words of wisdom from the brilliant RuPaul. Don't take life too seriously. Be a clown, because being a clown is the ultimate truth. And that's all I've got for episode 230. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I will see you on the other side. <laughs>